بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Tonight we get to the point just before the conquest of Mecca, and I want to spend a little bit of time looking at what directly led to it, and one of the most important things for us to understand in general from all of these different reminders as it relates to our deen in general is the importance of context. It's good for us as individuals, it's good for us in general as Muslims within our own lives, our own hearts. It's our own responsibility to learn about our own Prophet and to try our best to embody these different principles, different concepts, different ideas. So it's good for us on an individual level to learn about the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. And then it's also good for us to be aware of the seerah, the life of the Prophet ﷺ, in case we get questions from others, especially if somebody has co-workers, classmates who may not be Muslim, but they recognize you as a Muslim, and then maybe they ask you at one point or another, you know, is, it, is this true about Islam? Is that true about Islam? I heard this, can you clarify? I heard that, can you clarify? And unfortunately, one of the things that a lot of people have a huge misunderstanding regarding is who the Prophet was, So in order for us to, to be able to tell people who he was and who he was not, we need to learn who he was and who he was not, And at this point, the conquest of Mecca, we'll get to a little bit more detail tomorrow, is a very good example that illustrates to us and to whoever else who the Prophet truly was And the first thing that I want to shed a little bit of light on is what directly led to it. Because last night we got to the, the Treaty of Hudaybiyah and there was this agreement that for 10 years there would, be, there would be no fighting between the Muslims in Medina and the Quraysh in Mecca as well as any extensions of each party. So if the Muslims in Medina have a, have, a, have a peace treaty with another tribe, then they automatically become included within the treaty, within the agreement. And the same thing with Quraysh. If they have a treaty with another tribe, then they're included in terms of the conditions that relate to them as well. So a little bit of time had passed and what, there were rival, rival tribes. And one... Had been, and they had, they had lot, you know, beef for a long time, basically. They had issues for, for many years for a long time. And one of them had uh, entered into an agreement with the Muslims. And another one of these tribes, th these two, they were rivaling with each other. One was, had a peace treaty with the Muslims and the other had a treaty with Quraysh. And these two tribes, now technically they're outside of the Muslims and Quraysh, but they were lumped into the agreement by default. They had problems with each other. So the tribe that, that was in an agreement with Quraysh, they wanted to attack this rival tribe basically, and they had communicated with Quraysh, and Quraysh they had known about it, and they supported them in doing that, they agreed to it, and so that ended up happening, and that broke, that broke the treaty, that broke the agreement. As a direct result of that, now who broke the treaty? Was it the side of the Muslims in general, or the side of Quraysh in general? It was the side of Quraysh. And there's a lot we can take away just from this, the importance of fulfilling our agreements, the importance of trying our best to, 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 be, to be good people, to be decent people, right? To, to stick to our word as best we can and to be as peaceful as we can. And we ask Allah to help all of us in trying our best to do so. So the side of Quraysh, the, this tribe that they had their agreement with, they attacked the other tribe. So they basically consciously contributed toward that treaty being broken. 
as a direct result of that, because look at what happened. This was, these weren't just words. Words do matter. This was even more than that. The, 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 there was an actual attack from one group against the other. So the response was at this point, okay, so who made that mistake? The other side, the side of Quraysh and Mecca. So the response from the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims, the Prophet, he decided that, okay, as a direct result of you guys violently breaking this agreement, and you guys knew better, but you didn't do better, now this was the trigger, this is what led to the conquest of Mecca. We'll get to more details tomorrow, but one of the takeaways for us is to understand the, the context of these different stories in the life of the Prophet. Because someone may come to you at work, someone may come to you at school and say, oh, I heard that you know, in Islam it's this, that, or the other. I heard it's a violent religion. What is this concept and what is that one? What about this ayah taken completely out of context? What about this hadith taken completely out of context? Basically think of Fox News and other examples. They're very good at doing this. And they may say, look, this is in Bukhari. This is in Muslim. It's in your own tradition. This is what it says. So it's up to us to try our best to learn Okay, what is this hadith? Yes, it's there. What's the context though? What's the story behind it? What about the ayah in the Qur'an? Right? Someone may handpick, uh, not even a full ayah at times, part of an ayah, fight them wherever you find them, kill them wherever you find them. Pause. There's a whole lot of context behind that. Who is them? When was the ayah revealed? Why was it revealed? What's the full ayah? What's the ayah before it? What's the ayah after it? What's the passage? What's the commentary? What about this, that, and the other? There's so much more to it for us to understand so we can understand our tradition better as Muslims and then that way if we have a coworker, a classmate, it could be a random person you know, at the store, it could be a neighbor, whoever it is, if they ask questions we want to know enough so we can try to offer hopefully a decent answer but it's up to us to learn the context of it. Some people may say, oh look, you know the, 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 the Prophet, look at what happened and Islamophobes will do this, they'll say that there was that there was Prophet Muhammad in Mecca and then you know when it came to Medina he totally changed and look at this and this and this and this and this and every single thing they take they rip it completely out of context and what, ironically one of the examples they take look he marched with an army of 10,000 people and look at you know look at how he conquered Mecca with 10,000 people did they have a choice in this and that pause what about the torture the murder everything they went through in Mecca First of all, second of all, yes, let's look at how he conquered Mecca. Exactly. On his way to Mecca, on his way, one of, one of the Sahaba mentioned to him, one of the companions mentioned that today is a day of slaughter. Today is a day of revenge. Think back. Think just, a, just you know, eight, nine years prior to this. Think of the, example of, of the examples of what they were going through in Mecca. What happened to Bilal? What about Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq who was pummeled to the point that they thought he was going to die and when he regains consciousness, his first question, where's the Prophet? I'm not going to eat or drink until I see that he's okay. What about what happened to Abdullah bin Mas'ud? He, recites, he begins reciting Surah Al-Rahman. He's completely clobbered. What about all the Sumayya? What about Ammar bin Yasir? What about Yasir? What about all these, the Prophet himself, والسلام, what, what about them hunting him down? What, why was Sayyidina Ali sleeping in his bed in his place in the first place? What about X, Y, and Z? That's one. In addition to that, how about when they're on their way to Mecca? And one of the companions mentions, in defense of the Prophet ﷺ, today is a day of malhama. Today is a day of slaughter. Today is a day of bloodshed. Now, who responded to him with a different response by saying, no, 
It's not a day of malhama, rather it's a day of marhama. That was the Prophet himself, So yes, by all means, let's look at the example of the conquest of Mecca. And you can look in human history, how, how often does this happen? Not only was there the conquest of Mecca, but it was peaceful. And the last thing I'll get to, this, this, this detail, which actually carries a lot of weight if we think deeply. Again, to really appreciate these different snippets and examples, we need to understand the bulk of the seerah. Think of everything that had happened prior to this. Who was an active part, an, an active person as it relates to what happened at Badr? Abu Sufyan. Who is the leader of the army at Uhud? Abu Sufyan. The leader of the army for Quraysh at Ahzab. The Battle of the Trench? Abu Sufyan. And then you have the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. And then eventually you have the conquest of Mecca. And he embraces Islam. And he was good friends with Al-Abbas, the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. And on his behalf, Al-Abbas goes to the Prophet and he mentions to the Prophet. Now, Abu Sufyan is the, he's the, the chief of Mecca at this point. He's the governor of Mecca. He is the one in charge. And he, he had just accepted Islam. But there's a lot of history. There's a lot of history. And we need to understand the Prophet didn't forget all these different things that happened. Before the Prophet's death, والسلام, he mentions, if I owe anyone anything, if I've wronged you, then let's settle it now. Because if I owe you anything, to my knowledge, I've repaid everyone. But for Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, I can never fully repay him because of everything that he's done for me. He, he knew. He may have forgiven, but he didn't forget. So Al-Abbas goes to the Prophet ﷺ privately and, and he mentions to him that, you know, Abu Sufyan, he, he's a man of honor. He appreciates, you know, sharaf and, and, and nobility, this sort of thing. So can you honor him? So what does the Prophet do, ﷺ? What does he do with this fresh, brand new convert, Abu Sufyan, who's now willing to turn a new page, but there's still this request? What did the Prophet do, How did he honor him? What was the announcement? That whoever enters their home is safe. Who, their own home, no names. Whoever enters their home is safe. Whoever enters the Kaaba is safe. Whoever enters the Kaaba is safe. And whoever enters the house of Abu Sufyan is safe. This is our Prophet ﷺ. He didn't have to do that. But he did that out of the, the expansiveness of his heart. How, look at how big his heart was ﷺ. And then how do you think that affected Abu Sufyan? Don't you think that warmed up his heart significantly more in terms of love for the Prophet? The Prophet is showing him why he was so beloved by the other companions. We ask Allah to help us to connect with our deen. We ask Allah to help us to try our best to learn more about it, to understand it better. And we ask Allah to fill our hearts with compassion and guidance. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Wa akhiru da'wan. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.